Thank you, Eddie. Uh, as we think about Mother's Day, we, um, some pastors and I, we were uh, sitting at breakfast and we were going over what we pre what we going to preach about. You know, because uh, a lot of times folks say, I heard that and I heard that, and we get so comfortable in a Mother's Day message uh, per se. And, um, and I think that it's important for us to be on target here. So I let them know ahead of time, it was, it was on my heart, uh, I decided to go uh, a different direction uh, with Mother's Day. And for that to happen, bear with me. Um, for that to happen, we're uh, looking in Luke, the seventh chapter, uh, 11 through 17. Luke, the seventh chapter, 11 through 17. Sometimes we look at the role of a mother. And sometimes we don't understand that there are times that you are a person. I mean, let everybody know I'm alive. I'm more than a wife and a mother and a, you know, um, even if you have to go in front of the mirror and say, I'm, I'm alive. And guess what? God knows that too. And we're going to go from that angle this morning. Let's bow to prayer. Father, as we come this morning, I just want to thank you for the saints of God and our time together and in these moments of sharing. Help us to see beyond just the storyline, part of the Gospels. May we, may the, the women that are able to see this morning, they're special. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints said. Um, I came up with the sermon topic, and all of a sudden I said, I preached that topic before, you know, and the topic that we're, we're talking about this morning is Jesus will meet you. So I said, well, I'll put Jesus will meet you part two <laughs> and expand on that. As we begin to look into a storyline, um, in your reading, a lot of times that we have, I've done my Bible reading, Lord, I know you read it, but did you really study it? See, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved to God. A woman that needeth not be ashamed by the dividing word of truth. And what we're dealing with is that Jesus is coming into a scene where a widow had lost a son. It's amazing. Her darkest hour was the brightest moment in her life. Because a lot of folks say, you know, when 9-11, uh, where's God? And this woman said, he was right there over my son. He was, he was right there in the moment that I needed him. He was right there. And so, as we go through this, let's go over the and we'll um, be going over them again a little bit later, but it says, soon after he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and the great crowd went with him. That's soon after he just healed the centurion's uh, servant and everything else. 
And so he's leaving that scene, and folks are hallelujah there. So he has a crowd following him as he goes uh, to Nain. And so it says, soon after that. And so as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, he said, look at this. A man who had died was being carried out. The only, you see that? The only son of his mother. She was a what? Widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. You know, it's one thing about crowds, though. They don't go with you when you go home, when the funerals are over, and you have to face life. And you hit with a new normal. And all that you used to do, you can't do anymore. Um, and when the Lord saw her, he had what? Make sure you understand. He had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. When you see the word the Lord saw, we talk about Jehovah Roe. God sees exactly where you are. He saw her, not just the woman in the funeral. He saw her. It didn't say he saw the funeral procession. It says he saw who? I don't care where you're going through. I don't care what you're faced with. Whatever it is, understand something. God see you in the circumstances. You. Let me go back. I finished reading it. Okay. Then he came up and touched the, the bar and uh, barrier stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. I, I like that. <laughs> He didn't say, oh, just arise. He said, I. Boy, it's good when God's in the picture, isn't it? <laughs> he said, I said to you. And whenever the Lord says something, it will not go contrary. When the Lord speak it, it's going to happen. If you're going through something right now and the Lord says, I say to you, I'm with you for the whole journey. You better believe it. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. That's interesting. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us. God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. So in our introduction then, I do not believe that there are accidental mothers because children are heritage. And that's why I want to make sure that scripture is up there too. Behold, children are heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. A what? Reward. Not a punishment. I know sometimes you feel like you're being punished, but you no, know, just hang in there. Just stay with the plan. You know, uh, you're not being punished. Okay. You're just going through. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning, one of the most dangerous states, uh, position to be in is a, being a mother without God. When you are a mother, and, and, I, and I think about all of the things that's going on right now, and the children, and how the children are uh, so uh, callous and everything else, they, uh, some of them, uh, it's, it's because, oh, they had a mother. They had this paternal mother. But you see, it was a mother 
without God. And when you have a mother without God, you have a mother without standards, you have a mother who's out there and doing it by herself, you better thank God if your mother knows Jesus. And ladies, you have an awesome responsibility. Before you think about yourself and anything else, make sure that you're walking with God. Because guess what? When it comes down to life, this is living. This is life. You, the things that you go through, um, it's not a happy joy ride. You're disappointed. You're overwhelmed. You're, you go through all of these emotions. And you want to know that while you're going through that, somebody has you. Got a hold of you. When you're misunderstood, when, whatever you're going through, God says, I got you. I'm Jehovah Shammah. Not only do I see El Roe, I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm going to be right there with you. It's a lifestyle that's too hard to shoulder the load and the challenges of life. It's a lifestyle that has no guarantees on the outcome of the unknown. When I see these young ladies and and I, I think about this last news uh, cast where they, they uh, found the baby on the gar garbage can. And people are angry about that. My heart breaks because the young lady really didn't know what she was giving up. And they say, if you don't want your child, take the child to the fire department. Isn't that something? It is a lifestyle of always giving but not receiving. Is dinner ready? Do you have And then I remember when Karen, sometimes the kids get on nerves, so she just go into the bathroom and just shut the door, just lock the door. Ma, 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 ma. I mean, boy, we, uh, those of us that have gone through the experience, you know uh, the, the war zone that you go through in that area. And you still have to be a mother, a wife, and they, all the others. <laughs> you know, there's about a nurse and a psychologist, because they come to you as children with, with uh, all of these weird ideas. And you take on all of that, and then they expect you to walk around smiling all the time. So today we're saying, mothers, I don't care what you're going through, Jesus will meet you. Thinking it through, let us follow the narrative of Jesus' encounter with the widow of Nain. The outline, there are three things we need to pay close attention to. What's the first one? The gathering. For different reasons two or groups in the movement. Number two, the grievous problem. Number three, so first we want to deal with the whole idea of the gathering. The place of, for different reasons, two groups were in movement. And that's why, I, bear with me to go to scripture again to reinforce, 
in case you never go back there again, and we're going to read it to your ears. Soon after, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. That's a lot of folks. This was perfect timing with two groups and their reasons for their presence. As they drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, and the only son of his mother, and, and she was a widow and a, and, considered a, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. Now notice, let me go back up just a little bit here. This was a perfect timing with two groups. One group was praising God and following Jesus and seeing what the next miracle was going to be. Not that, they, not that they worship God. All the folks who followed Jesus didn't worship Jesus. It's just that folks, uh, they want to see the next miracle, the next miracle. And you always have, whenever there's something that's great like that going on, you can get a big crowd. So you had the group of, of, um, of people who want to see in the presence, to see everything going on. Then you had a group of pain. It snaps right immediately, shows you two pictures, two groups coming in. One, the God of our salvation, he sends his son, he's in the flesh, and he's doing great things and blowing people's mind. On the other end, on an ordinary day, probably her son dies and her world crashes and, and it's a funeral. And she don't know what's going to happen beyond the funeral. It has folks, more folks who are looking at the miracles and other folks who are mourning. And they clash. And the Lord is in the middle of the whole thing. The first group was following Jesus because of the miracles and the message. Then the second group gathered to comfort and mourn with the widow as she was overwhelmed with her great loss. A man died. An only son. A grieving widow and mother. Something else we need to understand about her situation. She's a widow. No husband as a lover, provider, and protector. Son was deceased, meaning uh, really there should be no help, no future, and a frightening and empty new normal. You see, we have to understand the, the context here. It's not like today we have the various agencies come along and give you support in this area and support. If you lost the man in your life and you didn't have anything, you would be in a desperate situation. You were in a desperate situation from a societal point of view. Here's what it is. Women were considered basically as nothing. God is the one who magnifies the woman. Don't try to exert yourself outside of God. How people, what people think about women is nothing. Look at some of the second world countries. But in that time, the Jewish prayer was, Lord, I'm glad that I'm not a sinner. I'm glad I'm not a Gentile. I'm glad I'm not a woman. So what is she going to do here? Her husband 
And all of the memories and all of the things, were, he's gone now. But that's okay, I still have my son. But her son, which is her social security, who would take over, he prematurely, to her eyes, through her eyes, died. What do you do after the funeral? It is amazing. All the folks who give their condolences before and during, but after the funeral, you would think the rapture took place. You know why? People don't want to be around grief. Oh, I'll, I'll come and I'll cry with you and everything else, get the program, but after that, gone. I don't know what was going through her mind it's that, that whole procession, there was a lot of people actually mourning with her. I believe there was sympathy going for her. But that did not secure her future. It only described the moment. There are some times that you go through some things that are regardless of how people feel or what people say, you're in your moments. If you, haven't had, if you haven't had that yet, you will be. It does not have to be a, a missing husband. There's a point where you'll be in life where it seems like you're all alone. And yes, people are sympathetic and feel alone with you, but there's some things that you have to battle by yourself. And what we need to look at at an angle is, this is life. This is happening every day, every moment. Someone uh, rejoiced because they had a baby, another they have lost a child. Another they have aborted. You have all these things going on outside of the will of God. God never wants to see this happen. And guess what? Jesus could have walked aside too. In those times and culture, this put her in a very dangerous and devastating situation, observation. Circumstances are permitted in our life to take us to the next level. Whenever God permits something to happen to your life, quit looking back and look forward. As a believer, Quit looking what? And look. Because in God's family, he does not put in or desire that you become stagnant. He wants you to grow. And if you stop right this way, God says, keep looking at me. I'm going to show you another way. When you feel that you have lost thing. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Many times our losses is the opportunity for God to, to, uh, to show himself strong on our behalf. If we had all good days, do you think we'd be thinking about the Lord? Honestly. Believers, honestly. You think you'd be really thinking about the Lord? 
You're blessed with a family and blessed with finances and blessed with time and, and blessed with good health. And you mean to tell me that in that all that you just stop say, I need the time just to stop and praise God. Our nature, that old flesh will not let us. We'll be gloating on all that we have than the person who gives it all. We'll be looking more at the hand than the heart. What, what this, what this uh, passage of scripture shows us is, listen, you see the hand of God, the woman got married, you saw all the blessings of God, a child was born, but now you need to see the heart of God when things go wrong, and it seems like you, it seems like it's completely out of your control, Jesus will meet you. Keep those pictures in mind, and don't let Satan have you focusing on one thing. Because God does not attend pity parties. The grievous problem. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And so to, said to her, don't weep. Out of all of the, all of the people walking with her, the miracles with Jesus, all of a sudden Jesus break from the norm and he walks now, notice now, he didn't walk to the son. He walked to the widow. He made it personal. He walked straight to the widow and said, don't we? She didn't know what she, was going to, probably what's going to happen at that moment. All, all she knew is that Jesus showed up. And the Lord, a lot of times, is not with a whole lot of words. In storms, he'll say, peace, be still. Lazarus, come forth. He doesn't give all of these. He just shows up. And when he tells you to do something, what are you supposed to do? Do it. In a crisis moment, don't weep. My life is falling apart, has fallen apart. Don't cry over it. You know the word that keeps coming up in my mind? That one word, what is it? Why? Why shouldn't I weep? Why? Why? If you tell me don't weep, why? And I, I imagine the Lord said, watch this. <laughs> watch this. Then, after he went to the mother, then, it shifts, he came up and touched the bearer. And the, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. This was not a prayer. This is God. You know, I, I, I look at this, and we, we read the passage of the scripture. Understand now, it's God who put the seed in the woman. It's that baby that came forth. He was fearfully and wonderfully made. It wasn't it God through the whole thing? So if he's laying there, they call dead, God just comes along. I'll make her. Loves our soul. Comes along and says, young man, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And this is the amazing thing. And Jesus gave him to his mother. You need to let that ponder for a moment. He sat up and started talking. And then... 
He didn't say he, Jesus brought her to her, to her son. He said he gave her for the second time. The first time it was through marriage. The next time is out of a mess. But Jesus will meet you. Don't ask God or tell God how he should be. Just wait for his presence and let him work it out. They had this song, Jesus will work it out. He will work it out in your life. There are three snapshots we need to consider that will most likely happen in our lives. He saw El Roy, not only the dead son, also the desperate circumstances. He had compassion on her. He comforted her. These seem to be the same pattern in our challenging circumstances, and the principle is that God is a God of all comfort. So he tells her, don't weep. Then he, of course, goes to the son. Verse 14, notice the four verbs that were used to describe Jesus' actions. He what? He came. Two. Next. And he. When you follow the verb lines, first, he came to the area of the greatest need. The next thing, he touched what was missing in this little life. Then he said, not only to the son, but he, he said that to the woman, and the whole idea is that he's speaking, and then he gave. He gave her back. Whenever God has a good thing, when he put things together, I mean, he's really on target. I praise God for what he does in our lives. And Jesus, as he, he would come and he, and he touch your life and he, will, and he will say whatever's needed to bring it straight and give it back to you in a different way. And what you thought was a mess turned out to be a blessing. Just let God do his job. Let God do what? <laughs> let him do his job. So the son sat up. He looked at mama. What a blessing. What a blessing. The great praise. And here's the effect. See, it was more than just, if, if you look, it's more than just a son uh, being raised, and it's more than a mother getting her son back. God, God wants more than that. Watch what happens. Fear sees them all, and they glorify God, saying, A great prophet has risen, risen among us, and God has visited the people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding countries. Notice a fourfold impact. Fear. It, don't, it didn't was somebody, when he got up, everybody started, you know, uh, see, my brain goes crazy in that area because I think about a brother seeing somebody sit up. Uh, I just says, get up, and he's gone, you know. He got up, and he's getting up, too. I mean, you know, this guy, somebody dead, supposed to be being buried, and Jesus says, get up, and he gets up, and, that brother, and he gets up. He's gone. Well, that's, but that's, that's out of fear, but that's not that type of fear. This is reverential fear. There's a, a high honor and glory and praise to God. It says, great fear came over the people. 
And this report about him spread it throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding countries. Notice the fourfold impact. Great fear. They glorified God. Here's the next one. They came to a revelation and a realization. This is a God thing. We were expecting a funeral and we're having a hallelujah time. The sun gets up and he says, boy, I don't know what happened, but I praise God, I feel good, mom. How you doing? Your mother's all tearful and hugging him and everything else. The people are saying hallelujah, praise God. That was what used to be, what was a funeral turned out to be something far bigger than this. Folks who were looking for a miracle witnessed the miracle when Jesus stepped into this person's life whose life almost seemingly over, and he flips it. There are people who are watching in your life. And get this now, how you receive it and respond to it, because Jesus will meet you. Mothers, regardless of where you are in life right now, Jesus will meet you. Don't, there's not a time that you should have a pity party. It's contrary to the word of God. So why do you say that? Because it says, rejoice in the Lord what? Again, I say, so how can you rejoice in the Lord always and have a pity party on the other end? It, does that sound kind of off here? A, a, a table with three legs instead of four? Okay. So I think it's important that we understand this. They proclaim as witnesses what they had experienced. And this reported about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding countries. Here Jesus is going from town to town. The moment he did a miracle, these folks start taking the word about Jesus. All over the place. God was glorified. It was a moment of glorification. Restoration. And when Jesus meet you, it's glorification, restoration, propagation. You begin to tell others the goodness of the Lord in your life. And if you don't have a testimony, the question is, where are you standing? Who are you listening to? Remember the song, Why Should I Feel Discouraged? Why should the shadows come? It goes on. And I know this one. His eyes are on the sparrows. And I know. Not I think. I know. El Roy, he watches me. And in your life, regardless of what you go through, the same God is watching over you. So one last thing. It is my desire that all of us make a close, uh, take a closer look at our God through new lenses. Lenses that will help us to trust him in any situation. After all, Jesus will meet you where you are. You don't have to look for him. He is omnipresent and able to do exceeding and abundantly more than what we can ask or think. Jesus. We'll meet you. You've been very patient.
He said, well, it doesn't apply to me right now. I tell you what, won't you just claw, just, just put it into a little uh, a catalog and put it on the shelf of remembrance so that if when you go through the storms, the words will be with you. The first words you hear is, don't weep. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't weep. And wait for God to do a thing in your life that when he finished doing it, other people will be blessed by it. That when the, when the, when the storyline uh, closes, there's a lot of folks who got blessed in the widow, right? Oh, she got her son. It's no longer the widow and her son, the son died. That, that's, that's history. Praise God. I'm glad it's happening. For you. Okay, but it's what happened that went around the country and telling others. Jesus. We'll meet you in your hardest moments when you feel that it's all over, your greatest frustrations. You say, this is for Mother's Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, what's happening is that once Mother's Day is over, you go back into the road. My, my, boom, boom. I know you're in there, my, boom. Life goes on, doesn't it? We're just taking a moment out of time just to recognize you're special. And being special, there are times when you don't feel special. You can be overwhelmed. And the word is, look up, not look back. Not look down, look up. Jesus will meet you in your moments. As we close in prayer, I would like to pray for you, Father, let us pray for the dear mothers. My prayer, Lord, is that there's not a mother here that's without God. That she needs to understand that she cannot save herself. She was born with a sin nature. And that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. Was buried and rose again for her. To meet her spiritual needs and physical needs. And if there be one in the sound of my voice. Lord I pray that that becomes a reality. That she admits where she's at. There's some who have been coming to church for years. And still not saved. And then for all the mothers, Lord, help them understand one thing. If they walk away, one thought in this life, they're never alone. God's reputation is on the outcome. So I, I pray for the mothers and pray for those who have mothers that they be sensitive to the blessing of motherhood. Well, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. Our song for uh, closing. And if you would stand, it's Spirit of the Living God. Fall afresh on me. <laughs>